Hello, welcome back to the Empty Conflicts Cast. This is episode 49, and my name is Steven, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, John. Hey. And Chris. Hey. And we are back from our extended holiday break. We'll be moving forward with a bi-weekly schedule with a little bit of a longer runtime. Uh, we look forward to new episodes every other Friday. Thanks for sticking around with us during our gap, and now let's just jump into it because we got a lot to talk about. Uh, so let's catch up. What did you guys do on your break, starting with Chris? Well, uh, since we've been gone... Uh... Since you've been gone? I tried, I tried not to. <laughs> can, you, can you now breathe for the, the first time? Anyway, um, during the break, uh, some of you may remember that I had qualified for the regional Pro Tour qualifier, playing the obviously best deck in modern, um, good old Amulet of Vigor and Primeval Boys. Obviously. Um, so I went and played in my regional Pro Tour qualifier, which was held at Eudaimonia Games in Berkeley, which is... Uh, Spacious. Oh, totally. It's... I don't want to talk a lot of shit. But god, that store is awful. Like, <laughs> not not necessarily like the store itself. Like, I don't really have anything against the, their establishment. It's just getting there and parking somewhere and playing there. It's like it's cramped. There's nowhere to park for free. It's humid. It's right next to the campus, so it's like super crowded all the time. Yeah. Uh, and from me, who's driving in from like Sacramento, it's just it's annoying. Not the it best. Is, yeah, it's just it's just a. An annoying experience to get to the venue. And once you're there, you're not, like, not a lot of room, and... Anyway. Anyway, anyway. Um, I was unfortunately unable to qualify for the Bro Tour. That is unfortunate. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> I lost my first round there against Green Black Elves, which felt terrible. Yikes. Um, games 1 and 3, I kept a double amulet hand where I would have killed him immediately had I ever drawn a bounce land, and can you guess what I never drew? If you guessed bounce land, you'd be right. Shocking. Um, despite multiple explorers and like even a stirrings, I just never found, just never got there, and died to some mopey creatures and felt really bad about it. Um, and then I got paired against, later on in the day, I got paired against like probably the only guy in the room who registered the card Blood Moon in his deck. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, game one, he's like, turn three Blood Moon, get better. And then game two, a double Blood Moon, see a nerd. And I beat literally everybody else that I played. So, <laughs> Man, just your luck running into Blood Moon guy. I uh, ended up 14th out of... Uh, I don't remember how many people. There was like 50-some-odd people, enough for the top four to get invites. I mean, oh, was wow. there not 20 mysterious ghost people enrolled in the tournament this time, like last yeah, year? Yeah, not like last year. So, uh, turns out all the people who registered actually, like, showed up, and they were actually qualified for the RPTQ, what unlike a novel the previous concept. year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, incredible. <clears throat> <laughs> um, but um, looking around the room, there was a lot of, um, a lot of spirits decks, a lot of humans decks, actually, and a lot of KCI decks. Um, not a whole lot else running around, except for the one guy on Blood Moon. You know <laughs> who you are. Um, <clears throat> but our friend uh, ended up qualifying for the Pro Tour, playing uh, Infect like a true degenerate. 
we're going to be uh, hearing from him soon because I, I, I kind of promised him that if he ever qualified for the Pro Tour, he could come on the show. Here yeah, John Mons- probably said that as like a joke, like, ha, huh, he'll never actually do that, so we don't have to bother <laughs> with it. And now now here we are, honoring, honoring the word. It's also, to my understanding, he's been like, Max has been playing that deck for a long time, even when it was like not in favor, right? Yeah, he's been on the deck since like the beginning of time, basically. Yeah. Since, since Infectors first walked the Earth. <laughs> yeah, so uh, not as cool as him being able to say he qualified for the Pro Tour playing Doran the Siege Tower, but <laughs> I guess it's, you know, he has some bragging rights nonetheless. Um, and then more recently, there's GP Oakland this past weekend, where I went and I was uh, easily baited into not playing Amulet. I'm there. sorry, I'm sorry, what was this, what was it called? I'm sorry? Oh, oh, uh, you know GP Oakland? Uh, uh, sorry, I don't know what GPs are. <laughs> I think oh. you mean Magic Fest. Hey, no, he no, no. played in the GP. I, I played in the GP at, at the Magic, Magic Fest. Fest. Oh, sir? Oh, I'm sir? Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> did you just assume my event? Wow. I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played the main event at, uh, at Oakland, and I decided to play Spaghetti Meatballs instead of Amulet. Which was a terrible mistake. You should never do that. Yeah, I don't, that sounds. Um, I walk <laughs> up. What round was it? Round six, with a with a burrito for you. Just yeah, a, a burrito in a bag, and I like find the burrito his was seat. great. By the way, oh good, that's uh, that's what I want to hear. Because your deck was I terrible. Was, I was also starving, so maybe that had something <laughs> to do with it. But so I, I played the uh, basically colorless Drazi deck, but with red, red splash. And so you basically cut the man lands for Ramanap runes, which sounds ridiculous. But um, I killed my round two opponent games two and three with my Ramanap runes. So take that. Check that square off the, the bingo sheet. Ramanap <laughs> Killed Ramanap opponent runes. with Ramanap runes in modern. Excellent. A plus. Twice in the same match. That's <clears throat> yeah, okay. That's impressive. I guess. <laughs> yeah, he, he like places Liliana on the veil and kills my only creature, and then realizes that he's just dead on board to my lands. Excellent. Is this reach my lands that don't attack? <laughs> yeah. Um, then I played the PTQ on Sunday because I scrubbed out of the main event, obviously. <laughs> and I decided to play Amulet, and I got absolutely railed. Oh. At first, I thought I was the luckiest person ever because I had a round one buy. At a 267 person event. And I was the odd one out. I was like, man, that's really awesome. Like, round one buy is best buy. No, right? that's just, that's bad luck. And then I just, <laughs> I just get paddled. Play against Blue White, and he has, like, literally all the answers. Um, and I'm also bad because I forgot what Gideon's of the Trials did because, like, I haven't seen that card in a million years. I haven't played against Sam recently. So. Huh? I attack him with an Azusa down to six, and I, like, triumphantly play this Rookthar. I'm like, ha, huh, how do you ever win now, opponent? And he's like, Lol. reads his Rookthar, plus target the Rookthar, <laughs> half it, take no damage. It's like, <laughs> ah. Huh. Uh, Interesting. So, yeah, that felt pretty bad, but um, he just had everything anyway. It didn't really matter. Let's see. What did I even win? So I only beat Tron in like the most grueling, awful games ever. It was like the most awkward of gimp fights. 
fights. Like he was playing like Worm Coil Engine on turn like five or something, and I play like a Titan, but like you know, oh I you know don't have good attacks because we'll just trade. So I have to wait around for my you know, double striking land, hoping I don't die to some random top deck. And he never top decks anything interesting. And I eventually get there with a bunch of double striking titans. Hey, those I work. don't know. It was very <laughs> strange. Game was very strange. <clears throat> I don't think I could really convey how strange the game was. <laughs> but I mean, while we're on the topic of Amulet, um... <laughs> People always. have uh, people have been <laughs> talking about uh, um, changing over to a white sideboard. That sounds like a, plan. a tall order, Chris. <laughs> I hate you. A tall tail, perhaps. <clears throat> God. So, for those of you who um, follow the deck, there's some of you out there. <laughs> the how um, are high level pros? I'm sorry that white is um, worth playing because you get access to Path to Exile and potentially even white playboard cards like Stone Silence and Rest in Peace, which I have determined along with some of the people that those cards are actually just bad and you shouldn't actually be playing them despite yeah. having access to them. Yeah, You've heard it. Which sounds crazy, right? I mean, it's not like we have other tools we can't utilize. If only there were some lands that do something similar. Then Stony Silence? Yeah, right? Yeah. But, but also, like... Why do we need stony silence? Yeah, why do we need rest in peace when you just play Bajuka Bog? Like, like Bajuka Bog, <laughs> and then even just like, like anything that we can, like walking ballista is better, or like, I don't know. So, I came to realize that um, there's only like two matchups you would actually want rest in peace. Maybe three if you count Phoenix. That would be Phoenix, Dredge, and KCI. But against Dredge, you have Bajuka Bog, which is basically the same thing. So the the thing is, you don't need to have a turn two rest in peace to have game against Dredge like most of the other decks do that play rest in peace. Yeah. So and then against KCI, um, they board in like four nature claims against you, and they just blow it up and don't even care about it. And you can't play Rest in Peace at instant speed. Which is exactly like the problem with um, Stony Silence against KCI. You just bring in this two-man enchantment that you can't search for, and they already board in four anti-hate cards. And so it just... The card is so narrow, you only play it against KCI, and then you play against KCI, and they just nature's claim it and kill you anyway. I don't know. I just feel like it's not worth a spot. Yeah. It's almost that they came prepared for that. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, and they're Sigarda, on the other hand, Sigarda <laughs> is sweet. Wait, 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 what? I don't know if you've played with Sigarda recently. Wait, what? You know, Sigarda, the host of Herons. Oh my. It's like uh, Chris's waifu, basically. <laughs> so, we haven't really seen this card in Amulet List since, what, Jund was good? That was a so long time ago. A really long time ago. <laughs> It's been years. Sorry, gen players. So I played Sigarda back when Splinter Twin was legal. Because Jun was like a playable deck at that point in time. Because Erupt Decay on your Deceiver X Arc was like a reasonable play, you know? And Sigarda just like poops on all of these Thought Siege decks. And it still does. 
And so with Grixis Shadow coming back up in popularity, it has a really hard time beating a Sigarda. Like, a really hard time beating a Sigarda. Yeah, it sounds difficult. Especially when you consider you can give your Sigarda plus two plus O and Vigilance. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe even Double Strike. <laughs> Interesting. Like, I don't know. I, I got to play... <laughs> You have to play like a turn four Sigarda against a shadow opponent and then double strike next turn and they just they're just dead. They're just dead. Look at that. Is Dramoka gonna see a comeback too, Chris? Um that one I'm not so sure about. Good old Dragon Lord <laughs> Dramoka. King because, Daddy um, Dragon O. Like the hardcore control decks aren't particularly popular. Or good. And the one, like, the only control deck that really is played at the moment is Blue-White. And Blue-White has, like, a plethora of ways to deal with a Dargan. They have Teferi Minus, they have Four Paths, Oust, Terminus. Like, they I just keep in all the removal against you anyway, and yeah. it's not particularly impactful. Unless you're so late into the game, where you can go, like, a Dromoka into Amulet... Titan attack to kill you, but I'm pretty sure blue white should just be renamed to mono blue mistakes at this point because playing that deck is a terrible decision. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, I've given up. I've just given up on, <laughs> on, on blue white X decks. They're dead to me for now. I've had it beaten out of me. It's been, it's been bad. Finally. Wow. Sometimes, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you can you can get them. Sometimes you can get them, and I, I would say that playing amulet for me losing to blue white is pretty much as miserable, if not more, than losing to Tron. That's a that's a tall order. It just feels so horrible. It's just like God. I'm losing to this. I'm losing to the, like, play a field of rune pass, and that's all I do deck. <laughs> and it's, like, good enough. While you're getting beat down by a mopey, like, Snapcaster Mage or something. Like, yep. the two of Snapcaster Mage in their deck. I mean, that's yep. basically the high that control players live for. <laughs> God, it's just the worst. And they always have the field for, for literally everything. It's like, like some oh, man. saw type shit. Like, like, basically, I, yeah. like oh yeah, I, I baited them into fielding my, you know, bounce land. So now my cavern can roam free and like untap play another field, get better. Get better. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what have you been up to, uh, John? Well, I, uh, I also got jabated into playing a bad deck at a GP. <laughs> so, uh, like we were just talking about Max uh, winning uh, his RPTQ and uh, earning his way onto the Pro Tour with uh, Infect. I uh, I used to play Infect back when it was uh, good the last time, and I was like, yeah, you know, man, I'm just I'm sick and tired of playing these shitty blue-white X decks. Leave you guys alone for just a few months. What do you guys do? Yeah, just pick up whatever deck is next to you and just take it to a tournament. <laughs> So uh, I was just, I was like, you know what? I'm tired of playing these shitty fair decks and just getting gaped by every opponent I come across. KCI, humans, all this dumb crap. I played humans for a while and I decided that 
when it came down to it, I would like rather like put a nail through my skull than like pay money to fly to Portland and play humans <laughs> all day. It's just like I can't I can't do it. I gotta play something like slightly more interesting, slightly more like thrilling. You know, gotta gotta have that thrill. So uh, I picked up Infect, and then California burnt to the ground. So my job was uh, shut down for two weeks. So I spent like two weeks playing like Infect all day on Moto. It's like probably the most I've ever prepped for a single event. Wow. Now we should probably explain that um, your your job shut down not because your job burned to the ground. Oh no. But it was because the air quality was so bad <clears throat> that they decided that you would be better off staying home. Yeah. <laughs> we had the worst quality air in the world. Worse than China. Take that, Beijing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's bad. I tell people that like my my job was shut down because I work for the state, and they're like, "Wow, what a fucking pussy!" <laughs> it's like I don't know, man. Would you go into work if they told you not to go into work and they were paying you anyways? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Doubtful. <laughs> so uh, I practiced infect instead. Uh, you know, instead of breathing the cancer in the air, I breathe deep on another type of cancer altogether. Um, <laughs> Accurate. Um, and I was was doing pretty good. I was doing pretty good. And uh, then everyone started playing Arclight Phoenix, which and then you got main decks on. gut shot. In, in fact, multiples. In fact, is not like gut shot. <laughs> no, at all. Um, so that was a, a little a little scary. Put put the fear in me. Uh, didn't play against it at the uh, the GP, but that didn't stop me from a, a sweet scrub out at a. I think it was a four and three <laughs> drop to play legacy side events after getting crushed by a, uh, a green blue ramp deck that uh, was trying to ramp out frost Titan as quickly as possible. Wow. It was like the mono green stompy shell, but splashing blue. I got a misty rainforest nimble obstructionisted wow. lost, lost a game to that one. That felt uh, pretty bad. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was a pretty, pretty, um, pretty pretty sad making those uh pretty sad times uh but after dropping i played my first round of a legacy side event and got to price of progress a grixis control opponent for eight so uh that you know put me in good that spirits again oh yeah, yeah put me in put me in great spirits uh so i like savagely crushed a bunch of side events and got a bunch of ticks um and i decided you know what gp oakland i'm just gonna play legacy side events so this weekend i played eight legacy side events 24 rounds of legacy <laughs> and you were so happy i was exhausted um i had a splitting headache on sunday i did not play the very last event of the day so i could get home in a reasonable hour because this time california was blowing away instead of burning down so there was like a huge winds and rainstorm and didn't want to drive late at night with that so i finished up at 13 7 and 4 across the eight events um two of those oh, losses God could have been draws but i just said no splits kill them all in the last yeah. round of the day at two and oh and got thoroughly punished for my indiscretion yeah twice <laughs> twice <laughs> yeah just just slapped down yeah one of the times was like against a guy i had crushed earlier the day before it was just like goblins and it was like lol goblins i came came here like packing heat strapping heat to kill death and taxes players and goblins died just the same so uh and then I got uh, I got just destroyed when we played the second time in the round that actually mattered more. So <laughs> that was pretty well. sad times. But uh, walked away with a ton of prizes. I'm like way up on cash uh, for the 
weekend and i had a great time just jamming legacy people just are happy to be playing legacy so everyone's like pretty chill it's just like really fun i've been playing tons of blue red delver i've been playing online in the challenges uh since before the holidays i stopped for the holidays but uh, i was like cashing every challenge with blue red delver the deck just feels super sweet it's pretty good against most of the meta right now um so i'm just like super excited to be playing legacy uh and meanwhile in modern i I have no clue what i'm doing so (laughs) excellent excellent how about you steven what have you been up to uh so i've been working a lot playing a lot of video games because uh i ended up selling affinity on moto and uh i actually just got rid of most of my things on moto i think all i have left is uh, a single card that I borrowed from Zach, which he still needs to pick up. This is your reminder, Zach. Please pick up your your card from my account. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, you know, I was uh, I was kind of watching. Pri- I've been looking at Moto prices for a very long time. Well, really, ever since the announcement of Arena, I've just been like keeping my eye pretty close to to prices and the cards that I had specifically picked up their record was not doing great so i decided to cut my losses now and then you know i can probably you know if it if the program survives and lives past arena then awesome i'll buy back into it but at the moment it just seemed like a better play to to just get rid of all of it um but that's what you get when you buy into like two very specific decks that have no crossover whatsoever um so you sold amulet too yeah yeah i, I sold i sold everything in the account because it was just we sold most of amulet because you still didn't have all the lands right yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there's some cards that bots just wouldn't dig yeah yeah, yeah basically i actually actually found a place uh that just took my whole lot i just uploaded my my card list and they gave me like a flat number and they, it was actually pretty close to like what the what like the mtg goldfish calculated it at mm-hmm. so i was like you know i was like pretty happy with it bought your bajuka bog at one one thousandth of a penny exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so uh so there's that as far as magic is concerned i play magic whenever i can on the week uh, during the week and i've been playing amulet pretty frequently um i've kind of shifted from the affinity guy to the amulet guy which is a, a very interesting transition, but uh, I really like it. I don't know. It's a, I, I really like Amulet. I don't know if you could tell by wh- our collective opinion about Amulet, but it's a pretty sweet deck. So, John, how many months is it going to take for you to, to put together Amulet? Like, it's it's approaching affinity right now. Like stretching <laughs> off into <laughs> stretching off into infinity. I don't. I don't. I don't even know how many cards I own from the deck. Like I have ancient stirrings, probably, probably but they're gonna five. ban that. So like I'm not gonna even have that. <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say shit like that. Why would you say that? My four sign copies, man. Why? Why would you say something like that? It's so horrible. Put don't put that juju on you. Don't don't make me think about that. That's awful. Amulet's gonna die for Casey Eisen's. Probably. Anyways, uh. But yeah, I've been I've been also just playing a lot of video games since I got rid of uh Moto. Um my free time is is like uh Smash, Fortnite, and as of recently a, a really old Final Fantasy eleven. Yeah. Game. I lost like five years of my life to that game. 
Oh, I've definitely lost like a solid six years of my life to that game. It's like the closest I ever came to having an honest to god addiction. Like I'd say, like a, like like a problem, like a problem. I'd say, I'd say that definitely was a problem. Like it was like, like school, leave school, come home, play this game for you know eight hours straight. Oh, do yeah. like my do my homework in like this weird days where I don't even remember doing it. I just like pull out of my backpack, like oh, or play while do you it. do homework while you played. Yeah, 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 and then. And then, like, wake up, like, go to sleep for, like, three or four hours, wake up, play for another five hours, go to school. Like, it was, it was bad. Final Fantasy really 11 players have, like, this, like, like, masochistic, like, excitement that comes to comparing themselves to people who played WoW. Like, yeah, you threw your, way, your life away on WoW, well, Final Fantasy was way harder. You had to throw away way more of your life to do anything. <laughs> like, yeah. You think you were scum? You weren't even trash. <laughs> like, yeah, God, that yeah. game. That yeah, game was, was brutal. It's uh, it's uh it's And all the fogies game. who played EverQuest are like Pfft. What Your character doesn't die forever? <laughs> <laughs> have you actually been playing? <laughs> yeah, like God. It's bad. Uh, it's like super super toxic like yeah. way of looking at things. So so that's been my life as of recently. Um, so not a very magic, exciting life, uh, which also kind of explains why we've taken so long to get back. It's mostly because of me, I think. Cause well, I we're, just we're dragging you back in. Yeah. There's so like, much garbage that needs to be played, Steven. All the garbage. Um, uh, and before moving into our topics, we just want to give you a cool... A uh, little update, we are starting a Patreon. You can go support us over at patreon.com forward slash MTG Complex. Uh, for $1, you gain access to our Discord channel. Uh, it's usually where the three of us, four of us, usually just kind of talk and and spat out ideas and talk about dumb things. And John will post some memes every once in a while. Hey, I post memes laugh. constantly. <laughs> um, constantly. But yeah, it's it's kind of just subscribe uh, now for your access to the premium meme Discord channel. <laughs> they're gonna be so disappointed. <laughs> Make sure you turn off notifications, or you will be woken up late at night. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's out there uh, again. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash complex. It's a uh, dollar a month just to get access to the Discord channel. Uh, any help or any kind of support would be amazing. We would love you guys infinitely. Well, we already love you guys infinitely for listening. So, and we want to hear from you, and we want uh, you guys to be able to, you know, talk to each other and, and build a community. We've heard a lot of people listen to the cast, um, but I know you guys don't have a way to chat and uh, engage with us and one another. So, we're hoping that will be the place where everyone can do that. Yeah, interacting with you guys would be really awesome. Actually, um, I was approached by someone at a um, local-ish tournament. Uh, he comes up to me and he's like, are you Chris? I'm like, yeah. How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten that, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, you, you're you on the, the, you have the podcast, right? Like, I listen to you guys. And because of, because of the podcast, I built Amulet. Of course. I was like, <laughs> blown away. Like, oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> Someone has listened to word. what we've been preaching or well, what i've been preaching mostly <laughs> and has gone out and, and done it and so uh you know that that this the discord would be another avenue for were they to talk to you guys were they rewarded for their faith did they do well in the event um 
<laughs> I mean, I didn't do very well in that event myself, so... There you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that's our little uh, awkward plug into uh, Patreon. Uh, again, it's patreon.com forward slash mtgconflex. If you want to go support us, awesome. If not, we're, we still appreciate you guys listening. So we got we got one guy to convert to amulet. So John, <laughs> John. So you hand me the cards, you pay my event entry, and maybe you can, uh, you know, first hits free. Maybe you can hook me. But uh, every time I watch you play this deck on Moto, I I feel like my brain is melting. And like when you take long enough on a line, I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I think this is the play. And you do something completely different every single time. <laughs> every single time. It's okay. We could do like you know uh, a lot of a lot of two headed giant practice. You oh know? God. We could prepare for the next uh, SCG Modern Team event. Not Team Unified. Because then you couldn't play Triple Amulet. Can I please like these guys that? did. Can I please be a part of that? It sounds amazing. Oh, man. Just Triple Amulet. God. So, the team, there's a team that got third at the uh, SCG Team Open this weekend with Triple Amulet. I'm, uh, I'm looking up the, uh, the player names. Yeah, so we have, um, I can't say their last names, but it's Daryl, Matthew, and Edgar. Oh. Edgar is uh, the guy who I have referred to here and there about... Edgar is, like, the guy that people always talk the, about. Yeah, the amulet guy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all playing the exact same 75. And they... Yeah, they made top four. I think they ended up losing out to the um, the team that won, I believe. That's um, a yeah, very spirits hollow when ironworks. You know, team team modern like that. It feels <clears throat> like like if your whole team isn't playing the same deck, why are you guys playing together? Because uh, you're friends, Steven. Duh. But like, but like, you guys should all be playing the same deck. That's that's like the no. Most see, optimal. I I actually kind of agree with with that. Um, because you're not so the, the reason why you play these weird ass decks in team unified is because you can't share cards right? yeah. that's when you get some guy on like ad nauseum because who the hell else is going to play cards in ad nauseum yeah right so you have like <laughs> ad nauseum uh like i don't know a, like traditional affinity and amulet or like tron or something right and it's yeah. just, like, there's just no overlap yeah you can still play your like real seventy fives instead of like oh I'm playing Jun without bolts because our just guy player is playing bolts like none of that stupid stuff yeah but with non team just a team not unified why not play the same seventy fives yeah because, because if you can all practice the same deck and all have opinions on the same lines of the same deck you can give the best advice mm-hmm. yeah, it's to true. your teammates on the situations that are going to be presented to you. Yeah, so so it basically becomes like every every tape or every match is a three-headed event with like the same experience behind each one. Right? So it's not like it's not like one player's left out because they haven't played affinity long enough or like it's not one player left out because they don't know the lines in in amulet. What if you're and, just the baddie? I mean, yeah. Like I mean, if, if we played. Bad, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, shut up, John. That's just bad. <laughs> okay, so I, I guess there's like some assumptions here, right? That like all three players can all play every deck. Yeah. Right? So you'll have access to all the cards and you can all play every deck well. Obviously, these That's things are not assumption. necessarily all true. <laughs> big right? assumptions. Big if true. 
But yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. That makes sense. But but like, in a vacuum, right? Doesn't it make a whole lot of sense? Like, why? What if you had your? What if your team was you know Matt Nass, Sam Black, and some other you know Hall of Fame level pro playing KCI? Like, wouldn't that be like? Yeah, or even the best team. Yeah, yeah. Right? Even yeah. and even in those situations, like you're playing, like assuming everybody's doing the same thing, you're playing against somebody else, and they like there's like a certain interaction. You look over and be like, oh, I just had that interaction, like. My last match, do this; it'll be positive, and they do it, and they, it comes out positive. Like it, it just—it just in my head, it makes sense that when it's not unified, you should all just be playing. Anyways, yeah, I that makes totally, sense. That makes I sense. derailed this completely. Sorry. No, no, I think it's—I think those are good points. I think that's that's actually very true. I saw uh, Tom Ross and Aaron Barrich both played Infect on their team. I think their third person didn't. Wait, Tom Ross played Infect? Shocking. Yeah. Him what? and him and Aaron were like one card off in the main deck because Tom wanted to play the super spicy piracy charm main deck uh, over like a ground spell. <laughs> and then in the Oof. board, instead of like his second or third cage, he played a, a ravenous trap. <laughs> but other than that, they played the same list. So clearly Tom Ross just wanted that extra spice. <laughs> Tom Ross loves the spice. Yeah, he does. He does like the spice. So, But yeah, I think that makes plenty of sense i'm not sure how they like were arranged if they were like next to each other or what but yeah. uh yeah that sounds like a scary team but uh aside from the uh the sg team open we also had uh the gp that chris and i were at and uh lo and behold top eight has four kci decks in it just stupid matt nass puts another notch in his belt as the doomsday clock for kci moves one tick closer to midnight <laughs> <laughs> um so the top eight was uh a doozy aside from just the decks included but we'll get yeah. to that in a second uh so we had uh eli cassis on is it phoenix uh i believe he was the eventual winner yeah he ended up taking down uh matt nass on kci uh garth draculus that sounds like an awesome name uh, on hardened yeah. scales sam black on kci alex olsen on blue white control uh, Marshall Jankowski on Titan Shift and uh, Michael Cochran on KCI, and then finally Stephen uh, Hacker on KCI as well. So nice little pile of KCI here, uh, and then we also have Hardened Skills Affinity, which is another Mox Opal Ancient Stirrings deck. Yeah, we've got. It's, I was saying earlier, it's kind of it kind of hurts my kind of hurts my heart to to see that uh, the Hardened Skills version is is the the current currently the superior version and i and now that honestly looking like taking a look at the deck it's kind of hard to imagine the deck going back to its roots honestly unless like ancient stirring gets banned yeah i think so so we've got two blue decks some kci uh titan shift deck and uh i'm sorry is it three it's three three blue decks one Two. I'm sorry. It's th uh, it's four KCI, the Hardened Skills deck, two blue decks, and Titan Shift. That's right. Yeah. So, um, blue put up a a small showing, uh, but the finals were a bit of a debacle because um, Eli Cassis's uh KCI opponent, who was um, I forget who it was. Was it was it Michael? I want to say, uh, had to uh leave to catch his plane flight, so he scooped the finals. Oh God! Everyone bewildered. Here's a, a great screenshot of the commentators looking baffled as they were uh, supposed to be off camera, but the camera was still rolling and a 
typical SD or uh, typical Wizards coverage flub. That's uh, <laughs> that's. I feel like that just man. That feels awkward, right? Like yeah, I had a I had a long conversation with a coworker about this, and it's it's uh it's interesting because uh a lot of other games don't have the the culture of like price chopping, price splitting that you know Magic does. It's not really mm-hmm. a th- a thing. But it's it, it's a big thing in Magic, and I think it's bad for coverage in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it also speaks a lot about the game when you know being in the finals isn't enough of a pull to like get you to reschedule, reschedule your flight reschedule or flight, like yeah. make something happen, right? Like <clears throat> when when a competitor walks away from the top table of a, a premier level event like this, it's uh, doesn't look good for the game at all. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I guess at that point, so if they had decided to split. The money previously which i don't know if they did or not i think they had i, I think they were... assume they probably did yeah um there is nothing to play for yeah you're you're playing for playing sake like points you're playing for pro points at this point but that's sure that, that's I mean, changing you've, soon you've already qualified for the next pro tour you've already established that you're getting well however much money you're getting the only thing you're, you're playing for is the the trophy i guess yeah eli cassis winning locked him for platinum which is a big consideration here too um, and the guy told commentators that um, I think he said I think he told commentators that he was doing it so EY could lock platinum. But then he also told people he left to make his flight. So I assume it's a little column A, column B. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely doesn't look good yeah. <laughs> when people don't sit and play out the event. Um, yeah, it's certainly a downer for coverage, right? Oh yeah, yeah. it's just like it's like you're sitting there watching this this game unfold, and then all of a sudden. They're building just hype abruptly. the whole weekend too, towards the finals, right? Like the whole yeah. weekend is is building hype towards this final, you know, uh, call, final showdown. Final... Who's gonna take it all? And, and then, yeah, psych, psych, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, kind of moving away from from that aspect, I kind of want to look at this guy's deck list because is it I'm, Phoenix deck? Yeah, there's uh, Pyromancer Ascension standing out to you. Dude, this is a, this is a sweet deck. Oh yeah, this is an awesome deck. Like, I, I have some pyromancer ascensions for you, Chris. By the way, if you need them. Oh yeah, this guy. Yeah. They're, feel- they're a dollar each. <laughs> oh, they get reprinted. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> My uh, investment. <laughs> gone, gone forever. Um, this this deck just feels like a like a weird mid-range version of like uh 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 wow what i can't remember the name of the card right now oh grape shot deck intimate but, storm yeah <laughs> all right all right that was, that was a weird weird moment uh <laughs> it just feels like a mid-range version of a, of a storm deck and uh the arc like phoenix just, just like phoenix is just awesome the deck's bad do you know why why because it gets decked by swans Real, real talk. Just <laughs> gotta rub that one in, Chris. Well, so fun fact: um, we confirmed with the judge that <laughs> if I'm attacking for lethal damage, and you block a creature with a swan, and I would draw more cards than I have with my deck, the game is a draw. If you take lethal damage at the same time from like yeah. other stuff that wasn't blocked. So yeah. if I'm attacking you for like fifteen, sixteen damage. And you block like the thing in the ice, and you're like I don't know, eight life or whatever. And you have like, and I have to draw seven, and I have like four cards in my deck. It's a draw. Wait, <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not possible, right? No, because because the trigger goes because on the draw, no, 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 because because drawing cards is a replacement effect 
for doing damage to the swan. It's not a trigger. So it just happens as damage happens. Oh. That's awkward. Simultaneous. So you draw all the cards at the same time, all the damage is all at the same time. The game realizes both players should lose now, but it's also the same time and it's a draw. <laughs> so in an awkward turn of events, you attack for lethal, they block, and you say, game four? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that didn't actually happen because despite his attempts to savagely cheat, Chris was unable to secure the win. <laughs> Get wrecked. Yeah, so as it turns out, a uh, Phoenix that I scribed to the wrong my deck previously was one card deeper than I needed it to be. Whoops. Which made things very so awkward. So we, 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 we rewound the game with him knowing now that it was one card deeper. Oh my god. <laughs> was still unable to find the win. Oh man, I, I should have won that game anyways though. I punted because I was like, this was after my eight legacy matches and I was I was a walking zombie attempting to cast Swans of Burnergal. <laughs> I will say this deck is this deck is sweet. Oh, it's great. It's a and really good it's deck. It's sweet because you could do a lot of adorable things. You could do so many adorable things. Like, oh, Thing in the Ice and Arclight Phoenix seem like a really bad combo together, right? Wrong. You bounce all your phoenixes to your hand. So bad. Yes. But what if I told you the spell that was flipping your Thing in the Ice was a Faithless Looting? <laughs> so, you play this Faithless Looting, trigger the Thing, the Thing flips, returns your phoenixes, then Looting resolves, and oh look! I have some phoenixes to discard. Bin them. Go to combat, they come back, and now all of a sudden your opponent doesn't have any blockers, and you get dome for like 10 plus damage. Yeah, that's pretty fucking gross. <laughs> it's like, oh, don't have a target for this lightning axe, but do you have a phoenix in play? That's a pretty sweet target. Yeah. Lightning axe, my own phoenix, discarding a phoenix, go to combat, return both the phoenixes. Ah! <laughs> I think the big thing we discovered was that game one, the deck is incredibly soft to chained cryptic command taps. That was like... Yeah, that was the big discovery. I think, despite me being like incompetent at actually playing at that point in the day, <clears throat> that and you would have been wrecked by an anger of the gods had you ever drawn one. But. Yeah, but I mean, that's not really like a standard card in blue decks. Game one, but I will say, uh, pay one red, discard a phoenix, draw five cards feels terrific. <laughs> yeah, lightning axe <laughs> on a swan is. Just heart crushing. I like bounced a swan or bounced a bounced a phoenix, and you immediately just lightning axed my swan. It's like, oh god, why? Uh, yeah. Feels but I guess I had drawn a little too many cards. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, getting back to this GP, there is just a pile of Mox Opal decks with ancient stirrings. Um, what you do you guys? Max Opal. What do you guys? What do you guys thoughts on this for the format at this point? Um, is it? Are we ready to say Max Opal is too good? No. Yes. I mean, no. I've been saying that for a while. I, I think, I think maybe it's time. You're mm. just covering for ancient stirrings because you don't want your baby to get smacked. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd, well, I'd, John, I'd rather see, lose ancient stirrings. Wow. I'm sh I'm sure you would. Cats and dogs now, right here. <laughs> Uh, no, I think, I think is that just because you lose a bunch of value on your mox opals? <laughs> <laughs> Shh. 
Uh, no, no, I, I, uh, I think Mox Opal uh, lends itself to be a more creative deck. Uh, like any Mox Opal deck is 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 lending itself to be a more creative deck because you, you know need... a pile of cheap artifacts. <clears throat> yeah, you, you like, like, like <laughs> you're making creativity. <laughs> you're making do with like, l- like what looks like on paper to be just garbage, right? Like a, like a four mana two two that you can play for free. Like, uh, is that it? Is that all it does? Like yeah, that's 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 it. Oh, you played that card? I didn't think you played that card in Affinity. No, but I'm just saying it's an example. Like you know, you, you like you have to be a little bit more creative when you play with Mox Opal, whereas with Ancient Stirrings, it's just like lands and artifacts. Oh, I Let's thought go. you. I thought you were just using the card to you know kill people with like twelve, twelve Ink Moth Nexuses on turn three. My bad. <laughs> hey. hey, we all talk about that. <laughs> Uh, I mean, are we going to argue about, like, what makes you have more restrictions on deck building? Like, I don't know. The thing is, Mox Opal is, like... W- like, it's it's so much better than the next closest alternative. There, like, there is no other alternative. Right, like, whereas, like, for- Ancient Strength does have alternatives. Kind of. I mean, I mean, like serum visions, right? Like, obviously, they're much worse. It, right, right. They're the worst, but they're alternatives that you could use instead. But it's like <sighs> Mox Opal is just really absurd. It's just absurd because Ancient Strings makes your deck very consistent, but Ancient Strings isn't why you're killing your opponent on turn three with a four mana spell. Sure, I can see that. But also, Ancient Stirrings is why you're killing your opponent on turn three with a seven mana spell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't think you can compare <laughs> Ancient Stirrings in Amulet versus Mox Opal in literally any Mox Opal deck. I think Mox Opal is so much better in every Mox Opal deck than Stirrings is in Amulet. It's not even. Close, you know, and I've I've actually made now, this I've I've made this argument a few times. I think the standard, like the original affinity list, would yes lose some of its power, but overall be uh, unaffected in uh, amount of turns that it takes to kill somebody, due to like like uh, the other the other free mana card, Simeon Spirit Guide. Like they are not the same. They obviously do different things in the deck. One is 100% more synergistic for the deck. But worst case scenario, Simeon Spirit Guide fills the role very well and wouldn't affect the the overall uh, turns that it takes to kill an opponent. Except it doesn't at all, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, it, it's not just the fact that you can cast KCI in turn three. It's also an artifact that makes two mana. It's also a zero mana artifact that loops back with your, your stupid scrap trawler yeah. getting a, an egg. Yeah. Right? It does it does everything you want it to do. It's, it's so much not better just in KCI than affinity. an accelerant. Sure. Yeah. But even in affinity, it's an artifact to sect your ravager. No, it's no, a, it's a like, count for your cranial plating. And that's like what, that's it what does I'm more. Th- it's not just a lotus petal. Yeah, and th- and that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not I'm not saying that. Usually, but it would also be better than Simeon Spirit Guide. <laughs> sure, uh, in KCI for sure. The, I'm not saying that it would be. 
I'm not saying that it would be better. I'm not saying that it would be the same. I'm just saying it would go marginally unaffected. You're saying your deck wouldn't be like non-existent. It could yeah, survive. Like, like, the deck could like, survive. So, so in my eyes, like Affinity could survive. I don't know about KCI because KCI is a very complicated deck that I'm not very skilled with or nor do I have much knowledge about. But I would assume that KCI would lean towards other things rather than like losing Mox Opal doesn't hurt it as much as you think it would because it would just find new tools because it's such a it has such a huge toolbox overall. It significantly damages the loops the deck can do. Oh, okay. So I guess we're we're talking about bannings now. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) I guess the question is, is the problem Mox Opal or is the problem KCI? Right. Because what or is the problem neither? ancient stirrings? Like that's a real a lot of people bring that up. Yeah. Cause it, let's let's take a, a walk back to the good old days of Splinter Twin and Summer Bloom. Mm-hmm. Right? And a lot Where, of people were saying wanna, I just want to point out Summer Bloom only won one tournament, one major tournament, and only one person was really playing the deck at in like a your local shop, so it's like why ban that card? I don't know. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> um, so, there, I think there's some people saying, oh, why don't you just ban Deceiver Exarch? Right? You, the deck's still playable, but it's significantly worse. Right? I'm, like, you would agree that banning Deceiver Exarch would make the twin deck significantly worse than it was. Absolutely. Right? Especially at the time where, where Bolt was at an all-time high. Yeah, Absolutely. But they felt the problem was Splinter Twin was killing deck diversity, and the problem was the deck. And so Splinter Twin had to go. And so if I'm, I don't think that argument is necessarily the same here because KCI is not nearly as popular of a deck as Splinter Twin was. But Correct. let's say like, like with the Second Sunrise decks. They had problems with that deck because just the loops would take forever and would hold up entire tournaments. And they didn't want to make the deck worse and people would hopefully start playing it. There's, nah. Second Sunrise, you're done. (laughs) We don't want this to be a thing anymore. So, I don't know. I don't know where Wizards is going to stand on this, but if the problem is KCI is just the best thing to be doing, and if you're not doing it, you're wrong, then you could argue that you should just ban KCI, right? Potentially, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of different ways to come at it. Wizards, Wizards usually likes to ban enablers, not core of cores of decks, by and large. Right. Splinter Twin being kind of an exception. Yeah. And Birthing Pod. Oh, wait, no, that's not an exception. <laughs> Birthing Pod was... Birthing Pod was just them realizing that they'd kind of painted themselves into a corner as far as R&D goes for future cards. That was their excuse, at least. And I, I think it kind of holds true. And we're seeing it again with the humans deck, right? Like, Yeah, I think like, like the, more, the more creatures you print, any creature, literally any creature you, pl- you print makes Birthing Pod better. Any <laughs> yeah. creature. Maybe not any creature. But I, it's just like it just. I mean, it, playable creatures. Your, your <laughs> toolbox. Your toolbox grows exponentially every single set. Yeah, it's all sorts of different cute shit. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's exponential, but it is. It is. It does grow. Yeah. What I'm saying is like you could use any creature from any set. Yeah. I, sure. Granted, granted, most of them are unplayable. But what I'm saying is like, like your options grow from like from like 500 options grow to then one set comes out 650 options. KCI definitely does not have that problem though. Yeah. But okay, so if we're gonna say that stirrings is is the problem, or okay, let's just talk about stirrings. For a little bit. If if KCI didn't exist, would we still be bitching about how Ancient Stirrings is overpowered? Yes. I think a yes, but in a different context. Right? Like we would be saying, wow, those Tron players are really abusing that card, or wow, those amulet players are really abusing that card, which leads them to like really easy wins sometimes. But neither of those decks are unbeatable in in a tournament. Yeah. I honestly think that a big problem with the modern format is that Ancient Stirrings makes Tron more consistent than it should be, which suppresses mid-range and control decks in the format, which makes aggressive linear decks much better than they should be. And I think Tron is pretty strongly at fault for that, and I think Tron's consistency is a big part of the problem, and I think Ancient Stirrings enables that. But I don't think decks like Amulet that use Stirrings are a problem, but I think Tron has been a problem for a long time that's been kind of wizard solutionist been to throw like hate cards at Tron to try to keep it down, and people like gladly play those. But it's so hard to sideboard against Tron. Like so the problem the problem with Tron versus others like if you sideboard like Rest in Peace against Dredge and you hit your Rest in Peace and they don't blow it up you win, right? Like, if they yep. if they can't remove your rest in peace, like, you're going to win most of the time. Tron, if you play your, your hate piece against them and then you don't kill them immediately, they're just going to win anyways because they just start hard casting their stuff and you can't There's, beat it. They have inevitability. Like, the the hate isn't strong enough against it. that they Even though they keep printing the hate, the, strong, the hate is not strong enough because the deck is just so good at, like, making a land drop every turn and then playing, like crazy powerful cards and like yeah. mid-ranging control decks just can't beat that yeah and like there is the argument that there should be something that should you know cap off there should be a big mana deck that like preys on these type of decks you know to keep the format in balance but like these decks have been bad like jund has been bad like these control decks have been pretty bad overall like people still win with them but like the metagame percentage that they claim is very low overall yeah I don't know. I feel like Tron is like I don't. I'm obviously very biased because I think Tron is a terrible deck for the format. But I think Tron is like a big part of why the format is so linear and why these decks <clears throat> are so prevalent. Like these, like we keep going through these cycles of like Hollow One, Dredge, yada yada yada. Like it's because the decks that would like actually have a better shot against them are like completely kept down by like Tron. That's my opinion. And I think Ancient Stirrings is a big part of that. But I don't know if I necessarily want Ancient Stirrings banned because it does enable, like, um, it enables, enables Amulet, enables, like, I know people don't like this deck, but the, um, the, uh, what, the Lantern ma- Control? Lantern Control deck, exactly. Yeah. Like, people hate that deck, but it's, like, cool that it's a thing as long as it's not the best thing you can be doing in the format. Yeah, it, it's, like, it, it, it just allows for diversity. But then I guess that also that brings up the conversation like, do we really need that much diversity? Like uh, like modern set and I think we've been saying this for 
for pretty much a, a the whole time we've been casting is modern's in a great place where you could play anything and it could win a tournament right at like, the highest levels i don't know if that holds true right now but yeah sh- sure i mean i mean it like like your your pptq and your fnms like you could play just about anything and win as long as you're skilled with the deck you know the matchups and and you come and you know there's like a, a bit of luck on your side where you come your sideboard comes prepared and you draw the right cards you need i mean god what was i watching like i forget what round it was like maybe round one or two or something of oakland and i got to watch the infect pair get absolutely destroyed by a death cloud deck (laughs) (laughs) and it was incredible yeah Yeah. so it's like so it's like we're at a point we have so much diversity where it's like do we will we really miss that like cutting those decks out of the out of the out of like the the competitive state like will we really miss that yeah i guess i guess your argument is basically that we're not limiting diversity by killing these decks because there's like a multitude of other decks waiting to take their place as the power of the format shifts downwards. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair argument actually. Um, obviously people hate having their decks get banned, but that is, yeah, it sucks. It really, it sucks. It, it like, like for as, as a person who like built Splinter twin, like a hundred percent and like it, it sucks. It sucks to just have your, your deck just fall, fall apart to pieces. But at the same time, it's like, if if that didn't happen, I probably wouldn't have moved on to like Jund. I probably wouldn't have moved on to like these other powerful decks that I wanted to play with that I actually overall enjoy playing more than I did Splinter Twin. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, I'm going to say that I'm I'm a little bit biased, biased? about uh, keeping uh, Ancient Rings because I I don't want more cards out of my amulet deck to get banned. But from someone who who had both Splinter Twin and Summer Bloom banned in the same evening. <laughs> where those were the only modern decks that I owned. It was hard. It was awful. Yeah. yeah. The the next event I played, I played what the fuck did I play? Green white, not green white. Uh, green you, red tooth and nail. Dude, because you, I had literally no other like, I couldn't play anything. I remember. I, no other, no I remember there was like a long period of time where you went through like an identity crisis where like you didn't know what to play and like every time I would come see you and and be like oh like what are you playing this week you're like I I don't know. Just these cards, I guess. I don't think my data crisis like, ever ended. Like garbage Jeskai decks and just like yeah, I'm I'm just trying to find my place, and I'm like I feel it, man. So it's, it's yeah. okay. It's gonna be all right. Yeah. Like I tried playing like Kiki Control. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you played Madcap Breach, right? Or, or not Madcap oh Breach, yeah, I Madcap, played the blue red uh, Madcap deck with Platinum Imperion. Uh, yeah, that, that wasn't was... too bad for you. I mean, I top aided an IQ yeah. with it, and proceeded to get railed by Kevin on Swans in the top eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that deck just eats other like blue decks for breakfast, man. Yeah, the deck just like just devours all other blue red decks. It's pretty gross. <laughs> like I thought that like I thought the Arc White deck was going to be like a nightmare matchup. Like, oh, how do you ever deal with like a, a flipped? thing in the ice and it's like oh you just like stall until you have eight snow <laughs> whatever or you just like bounce it and then kill it when it's an x4 again like whatever <laughs> like honestly you can just block it with the swan yeah like they draw seven cards whatever who cares like what are they gonna do play a bunch of phoenixes tap them yeah crackling drake like this dies yeah 
your bolts are pretty bad in that matchup, but uh, your screds are just like gas, gas, gas. Gas, gas, gas. Yeah, better step on the gas. Tonight. <laughs> anyway, we we went way off. Whoa, yeah, we we from <laughs> from bannings. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, but I mean, so I guess like my my bias is coming from the, the amulet player's perspective because I feel that. In my deck, Angel Strings is not a busted card. Correct. It's not. It's it's yeah. a it's, it's good. It's an it's it's a it's, solid, it's very good. It's a solid mid range card for the deck, but for other decks, it's the powerhouse. Yeah. Because colorless cards aren't the only things that I'm interested in. I want to draw. Yeah. I want to find creatures as well, which don't happen to be colorless. Whereas in these other decks, it's literally every card in their deck. Mm-hmm. Like any card you would ever want to have. Strings will find it. With the one exception of, I guess, um, you can't get a... Well, yeah. But you can't get a hardened scales off of it. I'm looking at you, Burton Genie. <laughs> <laughs> Banned for life. Good riddance. And the story I hear is that that's, that's the, the cheat he did, which ended up um, being the final straw. So, two nights... Taking uh, scales off of the strings. Uh, two nights think, before the news hit. too long. Yeah. So two nights before the news hit on this, someone was literally telling me how he played against Bertoncini recently, and um, they were playing Legacy, and Bertoncini, Force of Will's pitching a Brainstorm, and he's on Bertoncini's on Miracles, you know, which is a Snapcaster deck, and then several turns down the line, suddenly the Force of Will and the Brainstorm have swapped positions between the Graveyard and Exile. Huh. 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 Yeah, that's, uh, that's convenient. Weird. Convenient in your, your Snapcaster deck. Yeah, so yeah, it took took a little too long, in my opinion. Yeah, good riddance. I was not get bogged down in that too much, but glad to see him gone. Don't think he ever was actually repentant for a minute. He was just paying lip service mm-hmm. while continuing to cheat. Absolutely, he's gone. Good riddance. Hopefully, there's some more cleaning of house to do because I know there's some other people out there still still doing shitty shit that are still playing. So yeah, shape up or ship out. That's all I have to say about that. But yeah, uh, go play. Go play. I was gonna say go play Affinity, but that's kind of confusing. What I really mean to, <laughs> I, I mean like that new, <laughs> that new game that came out online that's like Magic and uh, and uh, League of Legends. The, it's called Affinity. <laughs> but play that would be very confusing play if something I had no context. I thought you were trying to make reference to like you should play Affinity because it's dead, just like you are <laughs> in this oh, game. Sad, <laughs> sad but true. <clears throat> so uh speaking of new news hitting the scene we've got some uh sweet new spoilers from ravnica allegiance uh there's a, a pretty hefty amount of spoilers uh a long long list so uh we've we've kind of uh grabbed a, a few of the ones that have uh of piqued our attention and we're gonna we're gonna chat about them real quick i do want to i want to lead this conversation off with the this most simplest because we're we've kind of already been talking about uh amulet a little bit so i kind of just want to lead off with uh with growth spiral it's a green blue instant draw card you may put a land from the put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield i was thinking about this card a lot going like it it, like is this is this amulet playable and i think the end answer for me is a no or is like a split between explore and growth spiral i don't think it's like a full swap for both Chris? Thoughts, thoughts. Yeah. So someone was like, "Oh man, you get to play Explore Instant Speed now." I was like, "Oh yeah." Like, "Oh, but it costs blue, unplayable." 
<laughs> yeah, that's like that's that's what it came down to. Like uh, people aren't even want to. Sure, they're not even sure they want to play Explorer in the first place, right? Like exactly. it's close. <laughs> exactly. It's just like it's just not reliable to cast on turn two. Yeah. Like Explorer is is hard enough to cast on turn two with your random like Tolar AOS coming into play and tapped and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or like turn two playing a bounce land, which is kind of what turned off a lot of people to Explorer in the first place. And so now this even more difficult version to cast is awful. It's because it's not actually an amulet card, you guys. This card belongs in band control. Which is, I think, exactly what I said to John when I saw the card. Yeah. I was like, John, it's time. Is it time for band control to come back? Because, God, I, I, I really enjoyed playing the stupid um, Glittering Wish control deck. Oh, yeah. Oh. Whew. And so... Did somebody say bad? I mean, band control? <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh man now you get to play like you know a think once that ramps you so that you're you know being down on mana for playing your stupid source free speed wishes is you know mitigated a little bit oh yeah sign me up yeah this card this card is sweet in uh in band control i think it's like finally some poland to playing green in a control deck like yeah instant speed draws a card it's like these are what the things that a control deck wants like very I, nice ramps you instant speed draws a card brilliant yeah i also think it's gonna find a very good slot in a uh, escape shift in blue oh yeah shift. most of yeah. it's yeah. probably like way better in that deck yeah, actually yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> rug skate shift might see a comeback absolutely <laughs> but think you can like turn two growth spiral turn three snap growth spiral <laughs> Get vapors just thinking about and it. then turn turn four elspeth <laughs> or Sun's just champion oh, or man. just escape shift <laughs> No, fuck off. There's only six lands. This doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, oh, right, right, right. You require additional lands, not enough lands. Not enough lands. No, no, you just play, you just play, so you go, uh, Gross Pile, Snap, Gross Pile, that's one, two, Turn three, one, you suspend your, uh, your search one, for tomorrow. <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, yeah, you just, uh, you, you're, the turn you cast Scapeshift, you also cast a, uh, uh, the, the Secure Tribe Builder. You, you cast a Sieve and you go get your seventh land. <laughs> Got him. Done. Nailed it. Is this a combo? Uh, but uh, speaking of... Oh, speaking of band control. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh, man. Put me in, coach. Well, uh, what the hell is it called? Wilderness Reclamation. Ooh, that is exactly where I wanted to go. We think alike, Chris. Weirdness. Now, if we're going to talk about cards to mitigate the terribleness of spending your mana in your main phase for shitty cards like Glittering Wish, do I have a card for you? It is a four-man enchantment. It says, at the beginning of your end step, untap all lands you control. Yeah, fuck Teferi. Five oh, mana for two lands? Get out of here. Yeah, weak. Four mana, all the sauce. lands. All of this them. This is free. You know, everyone's like, oh, Teferi's so good. He's a three-mana planeswalker. It's free real estate. <laughs> it, no, yeah, this card is actually just free, right? You're like, <laughs> like you make like a Simic control deck. Or like uh, a like yeah like a bank uh, control deck sure uh, and then yeah. you like you turn you tap out turn four this and then you you just untap with cryptic mana like, yeah because oh, oh, normally you tap out and turn four for your stupid Jace or whatever and you just die immediately yeah yeah right but now you tap out your turn four thing and then you didn't tap out at all <laughs> look at that and it's just it's value after that <laughs> and then it's like you tap out like your next turn then you get to tap out for your Jace oh. and, and then, then look at that have, if you have multiple. You can sneak in big instant speed X spells in between the triggers. Wait. Ah, wait. Wait. Ah. It's like, oh, Did we find sh- it? You know, play a bunch of shit in my main phase, trigger, untap all my lands, 
Rev for a million. Untap all my lands again. Pass? Why <laughs> discard dance us? <laughs> oh my god. Maybe do the rev on the next one. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, oh, I'm excited. I can't wait to brief this terrible card. And it's an uncommon, so we have to spend a bunch of money on our shitty deck. Wait, is there is there a <laughs> right? is there a, a card this, that I, deals? This deck is gonna be way better than the Bloodstone deck. Oh yeah. Is there is there a card <gasps> that deals X damage that's wait, instant wait. speed? Uh, yeah, I'm sure there are. <clears throat> but but um, can we finally have a control deck where we can play Plasm Capture? Oh, oh I love Plasm <laughs> Capture. Oh, baby. I love that's <laughs> hot. Why can't I hold all this mana? <laughs> God. Gonna need some good mana sinks for this deck. Uh, oh, oh, Kevin's suggestion was what? Speaking what? Um, oh. What the hell is the card called? The worm? Oh, you don't need a worm. I've got. I've no, no, got the, worm the mana you can cast sink. from your library. Oh, pan, speaking of pan speaking glacial work. Yeah, speaking of great mana sinks in your Bant control deck that's making oodles of mana, what about this next spoiler? Emergency Powers, have you seen this card? Oh yeah. Five white blue instant. <clears throat> Each player shuffles their hand and graveyard into their library, then draw seven cards. Exile, Emergency Powers. It has addendum. If you cast the spell during your main phase, huh? main phase, huh? Huh? you may put a permanent card of converted mana cost seven or less from your hand onto the battlefield. Jesus. You can oh. even combo it with mercy powers, and then the, what? Do you, what do you drop? The enchantment. <laughs> Untap my lands. Go. <laughs> so good. Oh man. Is this a time twister? No, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Time spiral. <laughs> Build right. your own time spiral. Oh man. All right, guys. Keep, keep that pipe dream alive. Oh man, I'm hot for this card. This card's a mythic though, but it's gonna be bulk, so it's fine. It's going to be hot bulk. Yeah, it's hot bulk. <laughs> hot bulk. All right. Uh, I guess you guys want to keep on the uh, the Bant cards and move over to yeah. uh, Lavinia, Azorius Renegade. This card does not require you to untap all your lands at the end of your turn to actually make it worth playing because it's only a white and a blue for a bear. Legendary creature, human soldier. <laughs> uh, she has the two abilities, both of which are extremely good. Uh, first one is each opponent can't cast non-creature spells with converted mana cost greater than the number of lands that player controls so this is uh this is the sanctum prelate effect just can't cast and then her second ability is whenever an opponent casts a spell if no mana was spent to cast it counter that spell so this is like chalice it's a triggered ability you have to remember it this card is going to confuse the fucking shit out of people in legacy absolutely (laughs) I just oh, want to before we before you dive into like the details of the card, I really just want to point out the flavor text is pretty cool. Uh, I told Jace that Ravnica would fall apart if he didn't take his responsibilities seriously. I didn't want to be right. Bum bum bum, dramatic it, stab in the music. <laughs> I just like that. It, it was a cool cool flavor text. Oh man, yeah. your Vorthos is coming out. What I also enjoy about this card is how it only affects your opponents like all fair hate cards do. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, not at all like Chalice or um, Galactique, where it forces both uh, both players to play by the same rules. This only affects your opponent, so uh, you can play this card and then cast all of the Mox Opals and Essential Visions you want, because <laughs> it only affects them. Screw you, opponent. Hey, opponent. That was <clears throat> cute. Now stop. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... <clears throat> this card has some interesting applications, especially in 
legacy, although it's probably going to see some play in modern as well. Um, the biggest one being uh, you can't cast Force of Will with this uh, this card in play um, for two reasons, usually. One, you have to clear the first hurdle, which is thou must have five or more lands in play to cast a Force of Will, Good period. Luck, which is a big ass. Can't even attempt to put it on the <laughs> stack. Just not legal. To, it's an illegal game action to attempt to cast it or cast it for its alternative casting cost. Thou shalt not. Otherwise, thou shalt get an, a, a GRV and a judge call and some ink on your match slip. However, usually a time extension. Yeah. <laughs> slight, <laughs> slight extension. Um, the second ability says if no mana was spent to cast it. So should thou have five or more lands and you attempt to cast it, the second clause kicks in. And if you uh, decided to pitch a card to cast your force of will, it will now be countered. Should your uh, opponent controlling a Lavinia Azorius Renegade actually remembers their trigger, which, you know, that's a tough ask for some people, so maybe you'll sneak one through. It is a trigger, yeah. The At least it's a trigger and not just like a blanket effect. Things get real sticky once you have a Thalia in play, which taxes everything uh, by yes. one. So should you pitch a card to your Force of Will, pay one mana, and have five or more lands in play, Six. you can cast no, your five. Force of Will through a Lavinia. <laughs> so. Wow. Should you clear those hurdles? Maybe you're playing Miracles, perhaps? You can have your Force of Will. So so what you're telling me is that if my opponent is playing this card, I should board in Thorn of Amethyst so I can cast my Force of Will. Yes, definitely. And maybe some Explorations. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, so we're playing Band Control Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Ramps you up to your wilderness reclamation. Um, you know you can uh, you can pitch emergency powers to, to force of will. <laughs> Excellent. We got a stew cooking. Um, what do you guys think about this card in modern though? Because I think that's where most listeners of this cast are going to potentially encounter it. Uh, you know, I I think it's kind of like the same. I think what you said earlier about the humans, kind of like them them putting themselves in a the corner. Um, you know, any human that they print is just going to be really good for humans. And the only deck that's really going to benefit from the printing of this card in modern, at least, is going to be humans. Like, yeah, you'll whoa, see. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about, what about my my death in taxes, my blue-white taxes deck, sir? Uh, you know, in tier tier four minus of the meta. <laughs> uh, you know, I have all the cards for it. I was going to just slot it right in. It'll see some play in other decks, is what I was gonna say. But <laughs> ultimately, just fine. ultimately, <laughs> it's like it's just beefing up the the human base to be even more powerful than it already is. Which this might not even see a full playset in the deck, though. I could see it being like a one or two of in the sideboard. Fuck you, Tron. Yeah. Get these damping spheres out of here. Yeah. I think um, this card is worse. In the decks that what does affect then Gaddic Teague. I think you run this and Gaddic Teague. Isn't it hard to cast Gaddic Teague a lot of the time in humans? <clears throat> like, I felt like that was a real um, issue. Yeah, off, off kind of, your, of. Your Cavern of Souls, Undiscovered Paradise mana base. Sort of. But I mean, it comes off of Ziggurat and Noble Hierarch just fine. That's true. And Vile. And the Vile's in just, just vials as in. well as yeah. the rest of them. And because it's... Isn't Galaxy just better against Tron? And isn't it just better against KCI than Lavina? 
Probably. It's not as good against Storm, uh, no, cause, I think. Cause, Storm? Uh, Why is Lavina better against Storm? They have to have uh, at least four lands, because they can't ritual into... Uh, well, I guess the Gattachite... But Gattachite, just... you, just, you just can't play them. Yeah, I guess that's At fair. all. We can Grapeshot you. <laughs> they can Grapeshot, you know, the turret too, I mean... Whatever, yeah. I don't know. Wait, in, so, in modern, so actually, I feel like she's just worse actually Gattachite. against KCIs is just better because because you're they can't play anything with zero in the mana cost. Um. Okay, but why is that important? Right, because they can't like do their dumb loops and cycles anymore. Gattachite turns off is, engineered explosives, which I think yeah, is the so big like, one. Gattachite, you can't you can't cast Casey as long as Gattachite's in play, and you kill Gattachite by explosives on two, yeah, been, which you can't play because Gattachite is in play. I've been converted. Gattachite turns off EE. That's right. the that's the crux right there. And mm. so I guess they can sit around until they have seven mana for their spy in a vish saw <laughs> to kill Gattachite. But yeah, I don't know. I seven lands. <clears throat> Well, not not for team. Oh, that's unfortunate. But you can't play Spider Bristol either. Oh, what am I saying? Ah! It's... <laughs> Catches them coming and going. Also, like they have to draw their pirate spell bomb and shoot it. Also, this card, the the character. Uh, sorry, I keep looking at the uh, the flavor of this card. Yeah, you don't but... remember Lavinia from uh, Return of Ravnica? Yeah, no. But I was gonna say she looks a lot more like Jace in the promo art. Like it just looks like, oh, like she it does. looks like. It looks like that's what Jace would wear, and it's just, just a woman wearing it. She's like she's like young Pyromancer, how he looks like Chandra. Yeah, he's like her her biggest fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Weird anyway, observation. Yeah. So so I'm I'm doubtful that that um she quite makes the cut. I think people might try her out, but I think ultimately. Not quite there. Yeah, Gaddick Teague doesn't even have the cost advantage after getting reprinted, probably. He's uh, a lot cheaper now, right? Because he was like yeah. 40 bucks. Is he like 10 bucks now? Because that'd be great. I need one. Probably cheap enough that, that it's not a consideration anymore, I would imagine. So we've got even more uh, Bant-colored cards to talk about on our on our list. Uh, we've got uh, is a Prime Speaker Vanifar. Now I'm I'm offended because this card is a a elf ooze wizard, but he is clearly an elf jellyfish wizard. There's other there's already been another jellyfish printed in the set. He is clearly a jellyfish. Yeah, this is definitely not an ooze. Was not enough line, uh, not enough space on the type line. Legendary creature, elf ooze wizard. If he was non-legendary, he could be a jellyfish, but sadly there is not enough space. So there you Just have it. Point out it's, it's a woman, not a, not a guy. Is it? Is it a lady? Oh man, my bad. <laughs> uh the previews are grainy and tiny in my in my defense. Um so Prime Speaker Vanifar is two, a green and a blue for a two four. It's a nice big butt on that one. Um she has the ability tap, sacrifice another creature, search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to one plus the sacrifice creature's converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library, activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery. It's birthing pod. It literally is the pod. text of birthing pod. Yeah, it's so. Is this going to be the modern mom card? Because <laughs> she's birthing creatures. Wow, in play. wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> pooping them out. This card's got so many 
so many interactions swirling around it. I'm sure we can't even begin to touch on most of them. No, I mean, um, I mean uh, the only thing that I can think of, honestly, is there's a reason that Birthing Pod was banned, and I think it was because it was. Uh, I thought in my head that it was always going to be such a big pool of cards that you could pick from, which I feel like this is going to be the same thing. Um, but it is a creature, so it's easier to remove. She does not activate the turn you player like Birthing Pod can. Yeah. Um, but she is. She actually costs four mana, unlike Birthing Pod. She's insane with Intruder Alarm, and activating her does not cast any mana. So the combo potential for actually one turn killing people is off the charts. So I think I think there in my head right now there is a line where you can play her on turn four, and if your opponent has no interaction or you have a pact of negation, you just win. Probably. I'm sure there's, there's like, all yeah. sorts of filthy things you can do with this card. Um the brewers of the world are gonna have to suss it all out, but there is definitely some some sick nasty stuff oh there is one card that i i don't think is on a list that i um did notice earlier it's basically because fires of yamivaya is not legal in modern mm -hmm. but now there is a girl colored three man enchantment that basically gives all your creatures haste if you so desire it's like a, i forget what it's called oh here it is rhythm of the wild it's three mana enchantment you know one red green Creature spells you control can't be countered, and non-turn creatures you control have Riot, which means they can have Haste or have 1-1 one, one counter. So, effectively, 3 mana, creatures can be, can be countered, they all have Haste. If you so desire. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, so you're looking at, like, turn 5 there. Right? Mm -hmm. Turn 5 with Prime Speaker and, like, a something else turn one well, thing I mean you could go like two drop into rhythm into her sack my two drop get a Zevrex or untap her sack her Zevrex or get a four drop like restoration angel or something blink her and then up to five right like yeah, yeah. I believe um, with uh, alarm and play too um, you're, if you get a creature that like spits out a token on ETB uh, you get multiple triggers off Intruder Alarm, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can actually fork. You can start growing two things at once. Mm -hmm. So you can actually keep. Um, once you get to half your combo, like a Restoration Angel or something, you can you can keep it and then start growing the other one until you have the other half of the combo. Yeah. So you can do some some nasty stuff like that too. I don't know. Maybe everyone's going to start playing. Uh, Mog War Marshal again or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, rug, rug, birthing pod or rug prime speaker pod. <laughs> birthing rug. Birthing rug. Ugh. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's a gross image, in my head. <laughs> uh, but uh, so speaking of gruel cards. Yeah. Speaking uh, of gruel cards. Gruel spellbreaker. <laughs> yeah. This card is uh what? let me let me uh let me get in there and uh mess some shit up. <laughs> what? Let me smash. Why is this a card? Yeah, this card's great. So it's a uh, one red green three three with riot. So it enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter or haste. So you get a four four or a hasty three three with trample. And it has as long it is as long as it's your turn, you and Gruel Spellbreaker have hexproof. 
So your opponent does not get the chance to do things to the Spellbreaker once it's in play. So if the Spellbreaker resolves and you write it out with haste, they can't point a kill spell at it. Yeah, they have to wait till their turn. So if they're at three and have no blockers and this thing resolves, they're dead. This is going to be a great standard card. Awesome yeah. standard card. Yeah, definitely. It's a 4-4 four, four for three as well. Yeah. Right, with trample. Yeah. The thing tramples. Yeah, trample. <laughs> Don't forget about the trample. And uh, you can pair it, you can pair it well with, with the, the other card on our list. Savage Smash. <laughs> what well, also goes well with Prime Speaker Vanifar, right? If you uh you pod your two drop into this. Like maybe you play that mod yeah. War Marshal, you pod mm -hmm. the War Marshal into this. Now your opponent can't respond once the trigger resolves. Because you uh you don't choose until the trigger resolves, right? Correct. So this is already in play at that point. Correct. And they can't they can't they can't they can't do it. I mean, I guess they could shoot one of the other creatures. They could shoot Vanifar. Sure. But, but they could have done that already anyway. Yeah. So that's interesting. Oh, uh, why do you guys feel about Riot? Or if any of those people out there still play League of Legends, uh, Rito. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like, it's fixed tribute. Yeah, definitely. Right. So tribute is basically the exact same thing as Riot, except for your opponent got to choose which one it was. And it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it was a terrible <laughs> mechanic. But do you think Riot is good enough? Do you think it's a good mechanic? I think it is. I think it's actually a really good mechanic. Um, turning your creatures into burn by giving them haste is extremely powerful in red decks. That like you know you have to be playing the right kind of deck, but being able to just you know turn turn your guy into point and click you know burn um, is really good. Um, if they need to tangle with bigger boys on the battlefield, you can do that. If uh, you have a clear shot at just killing them, they do that too. Um, and flexibility is just always, you know, big in magic as we know. Nah. Meh? I think it's fine. Wow. I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty good. I mean, they have to print good cards to fry it, but yeah. as long as as long as the card is like, like Gruel Spellbreaker is just good, right? It's a three mana, three, three trample with you know, it, it and you have hexproof on your turn. Mm -hmm. That's just pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you tack, but see, one, what if one, it was just like a four? It's just three mana, four four. You know, it you have X move tramp. That card's good too. Like, right? Yeah. That's haste. Also a good card. You, you give yourself the ability to choose. It's just great, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. Seems, it definitely seems, adds versatility. Seems good. I think it's a, it's also a fun like um, limited format mechanic. Yeah, I think. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Adapt. I'm not as in love with. Yeah, adapt. It's just like a random mana sink. It's uh, it's a true mechanic, and I think a lot of the adapt cards. This this is the problem that Simic has. A lot of times, Simic cards are just bad. Like you know, whatever the Simic mechanic is, it's Sad. like oh, we put counters on things. Sad. It's just bad, right? Like, I love Simic. But uh, I know I do too. But the, the cards are just bad. But there's actually um, there's been one card spoiled so far with adapt that I think is actually good and has the potential to see some play in um, non-standard formats, and that's uh. I don't have a, a translation for sure yet, but uh, people are calling it Salamander Drake or Winged Salamander. I think it's Salamander Drake. It is a creature type Salamander Drake. <laughs> it's a 1-1 a one -one flyer for blue. And it has pay 7 and blue, adapt 4. And adapt is um, it's monstrous, but you can't do it multiple times. 
So it's it's fixed monstrous because monstrous was so confusing because you can only monstrous it once whether or not it had one one counters still on it. Yeah. So you would have to have like a separate way to remember if it had been monstrous before, even if it didn't have the counters anymore, or if you could put counters onto it, but that didn't mean that it had been monstrous yet. Yeah. So you could still monstrous it. It was confusing. Yeah. And if you already have counters, the ability will fizzle. Correct. Like uh, you can't adapt and then in response adapt. It'll fizzle the second ability, I believe. Right. So, yeah. so they fixed it. So obviously, seven blue for plus four on your one-one flyer seems terrible. That sounds like the kind of card that would only see play in draft, maybe, and even then wouldn't be that great. But there's more text. Pretty awful. Uh, it says this ability costs one less for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard. So now you're looking at a, a one-one flyer that comes down on turn one. That if you dump some instant and sorceries in your graveyard. You can pay a couple mana, maybe two, three mana or less, and turn it into a 5-5 five, five flyer. Uh, so I think this card has a lot of potential. Um, it's not as good as Delve. It doesn't count lands. It doesn't count creatures. It doesn't you know, count all that debris that ends up in your graveyard, the stuff that makes Tassiger and Gurmog Angler so powerful and made Treasure Cruise super broken. But... Um, you know, We're looking at a deck in stand- and modern right now, I mean, uh, and, and standard, actually. The Drake decks... They dump a lot of instants and a lot of sorceries into the graveyard really fast. You know, uh, the first deck that comes to mind when I see this card is, um, and, and people in Sacramento might remember this, but the um, there's a deck that Zach's brother Jake built, and then Zach started adding on to it, and they called it Aquarium. I've never heard of this deck. And it was just like a, a mashup of like really aggressive one mana or like two mana creatures with like very easy cantrips and burn and it was it was cool it was it was a fun it's deck like to counter play. cat it sounds like counter cat almost like a know, it's like a, it was like a delver base deck it was like okay. a rug delver like a rug delver base with like splash for some other cards that i can't remember off the top of my head hmm. uh if you just take out delver of secrets in that deck and you put this card, it seems really good. And now that I think about it, if you take out Delver of Secrets from any Delver of Secrets deck that it's currently in the modern meta, this card would be pretty good. I mean, why take it out when you can just play both, though? I mean, sure. <laughs> I think but, like that's the problem with a lot of Delver decks is having threat redundancy, right? Yeah. Like well, having good. Yeah, one you helps. have your turn one Delver, it gets bolted, and then you never do anything ever again. Ever, yeah. ever. Or again. you just don't draw a Delver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think I think this is like super exciting. As someone that loves playing tempo, this card's got me all hot and buttered. Um, so, yeah. Ooh. 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 Well, I'm excited. I'm, uh, I'm excited to break out those thought scours. <laughs> uh, I'd be in, I'd be I'd be uh, I think playing with this card and like brewing around with it will be really fun. Yeah, faithless looting can put three instants or sorceries into the yard. Mm-hmm. Like, so uh, you potentially have it on turn two. Right, I mean, I don't even know sitting. how fast you really have to race into it either, you know? Because yeah. these decks get, like, Delver doesn't flip right away always. Like, sometimes, you know, smacking in for one or two flying damage here and there yeah. is fine. It's uh, it's much more important is, like, not getting your guy killed, so. And also, yeah. like, not then, not investing uh, more resources than you need to into it. So, like, yeah, exactly. Like, never paying more than one to to add four counters is, is yeah. going to be important. So unless, that way, like, fatal you're... push isn't, like, brutal. Yeah. Unless you're like so some other, other notable things is that um, unlike Grimog Angler, 
it doesn't exile them. Mm -hmm. So your second one is just as easy to adapt as the first one. And you can also adapt at instant speed, so you can use it kind of as a mana sink. You know, if you're playing this kind of tempo-y game, your opponent doesn't do anything relevant, you just, oh, end your turn, make a 5-5. Five, five. Exactly. Response? Uh, no fatal push? No yeah. bolt? Okay. Yeah, this thing just into the game really fast once it mm -hmm. starts connecting, uh, especially in a deck with bolts. Like, uh, Yeah, I think I'm going to be seeing a lot of this on my side of the table in the future. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, oh, and e John, e if e you adapt it, it's ferocious. Rawr. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Team Rebel this bad boy. EOT adapt, <laughs> make a f EOT adapt, make a five five, untap, attack for five, bolt snap bolt. Yeah. I just hit you for eleven. Yeah. What are you it's going just, to do? It's just it's a lot of damage. Yeah. I'm excited. And I, I just think having the the fact that this flies right off the bat is actually better than Delver, right? Like obviously Delver mm -hmm. can flip turn two and get in, but a lot of times, if your Delver doesn't flip, it's just kind of like staring at like an idiot. A two-two. Yeah, and just like, huh? Like, how do guess you, I'm how do you, not attacking. How do you feel about <laughs> this card in like a Rug Delver list in Legacy? I don't know about Rug Delver. Um, I mean, it could replace Mongoose. Mongoose has been having a lot of issues where it just like can't get in anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so I could see it replacing Mongoose potentially. It also lightens your green requirement, which is always nice. Um, green's the you know territory color in that deck. You're you're want green the least um i was actually thinking about it in blue red delver and having a discussion in an online group for people to play delver and something that stuck out to me at first i was like well this card's really bad because like um you know if you're spending your mana on this to like uh adapt it like and adapt it and play you know pay more than one mana then you're like not like doing your thing like you're not casting your spells or whatever mm -hmm. like you're not you're not getting prowess triggers on your other guys but then, because you all, you very frequently will have like more than one creature in play, and so you have like two prowess guys or three prowess guys, and then like all your spells turn into like giant groves, right? But I realized that um, it's okay to spend multiple mana on this because you're doing the same thing that you would have done by casting the spells. So it's very likely that plus four damage is like more than you would have gotten from just casting the spells for that same mana, but you get to keep the spells. Mm -hmm. you still have the spells yeah. in your hand to do something with so you're not you're like you're not you're not cycling cards in your hand you get to keep the cards in your hand you're not obviously choking this, your resources yeah obviously this isn't spread across multiple bodies the same way but like it's also pretty common to like have like a swift spear that you're like jamming four spells you know like yeah. just burning mana to like get four triggers on your swift spear this does that without you know spending all those cards so I'll also say that um, it's very much like playing one mana creatures before tapping your God's Cradle. It's it's kind of free. Yeah, right? exactly. So every one mana spell you cast reduces it by one. So it's the same. Exactly. So if you choose to, if you want, if you're still incentivized to do that because you have the prowess guys or you want to cantrip to like fix your draws, then you you can do that too. Because like you said, it just makes it cheaper. So that's just like really nice. <laughs> I uh, I like this card a lot. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know what um, is there anything else you guys to have to add about? I would say that that seven instant sorceries is a lot of it is a lot. Sorceries. Yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. That's why I was initially a little bit skittish because I was like, I don't know how often you're actually getting this for blue and like blue red delver and legacy. Mm -hmm. Right now you're playing like two preordained, so maybe you play two thought scours instead. 
Um, it's like because eh. if you think about the shadow decks or whatever, the Grimmauxgangler decks, they're playing Grimmauxgangler in turns two or three or whatever. How many of those delved cards are instants and sorceries? Not as many as you'd want for this. Maybe like three, yeah. four. Absolutely. Yeah. So it doesn't go in the same decks, probably. So it's not nearly as <clears throat> as fast as you might think. But in Drakes, though, like Drakes, those are all instants and sorceries for the most part, right? Like, but it doesn't mean the card is not worth looking at. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, you're playing Swiss Spear in that deck right now. Like Swiss Spear's not very good in that deck. It's okay. Maybe you play this. It also flies. Like it flies. That's important. Yeah. yeah. I'm all, yeah. I haven't been very impressed with Swiss Spear. And if you bounce it, it's like yeah, probably pretty deck. cheap to adapt again if you replay it. I don't know. Well, yeah, not as good you, as, yeah. If, if you've already done it once, then it's going to be really easy to do it again. It's not as good off the bounce as a Swiss Spear, probably, because like that comes down and attacks the same turn, just like the the Phoenixes. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting at least. It'll be something to play around with. Probably the big issue with the card in Phoenix is that it's another card that is graveyard dependent. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Which makes you a little bit worse to um, those angles of hate. Versus Spear, you know, could care less about what's in your graveyard or where it is. It's true. Um, so I think that we've talked about this. There's another card I've been excited, kind of chopping at the bit to talk about. Um, and I don't think Steven's, I don't think you've really seen this card yet, right? You were kind of uh, behind on the spoilers. Yeah. So I'm interested to see your reaction because I think this card is pretty bonkers. It's uh, Electrodominance. It is a instant, and it costs X red red. It says Electrodominance deals X damage to any target. You may cast a card with converted mana cost X or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. This card sounds stupid. Who printed this? <laughs> Wasi. <laughs> Wasi is printing this. This is a honest-to-God, actual factual magic card that is going to be legal to play and modern in, like, what, two weeks, a week? It's like, um, you know, it's kind of just saying like, hey, we want you to break ancestral visions. Yeah, I picked up a signed Japanese set of visions first thing when I stepped in the into the uh, the convention hall for Oakland this weekend. <laughs> it's just like it's like they want us to they want people to abuse zero converted mana cost cards or even I guess this doesn't work with split cards anymore, but. But even then, it's like you're casting a split card for free. Like anytime you have it, in, have a split card in your hand, and you just you can't like this thing doesn't just like it doesn't just cast like zero mana spells either. Like it slices, it dices, man. This thing does everything. Like you can play a collective brutality on turn four at instant speed during your opponent's draw step, like escalated, so you can. Minus two a creature, deal two to another creature, drain them two, and strip an instant or sorcery to their hand at instant speed during their draw step. Like, what the fuck? Like, this is like... Wait, does it work like, that way? Th- yeah, this is like the Jund Cryptic Command. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. It's an it additional says, cost on Collective Brutality. You may cast this card without... You may cast a card without paying its converted mana costs extra less from your hand so it still has to be an instant if you're playing it on no your... no no you can do creatures no nope. you can do whatever the hell you want enchantments artifacts planeswalkers although you can't activate them well because it because it still says cast right so because you're still casting yes. the card it has yes. to still so you get cast it still has to be castable when you cast it nope it doesn't you sure Yep, it's not. Huh. This is not affected by timing restrictions. Oh well, then now I'm just uh, all right. I give up. Instant speed Tarmogoyf during your uh, opponent's attacker's step. Honestly, thought 
I honestly totally thought <laughs> that the this train. Had, <laughs> the, <laughs> that train sound effect was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought there was there was still the the restriction of the card that you were playing. I, I still you know if you can't just throw an enchantment out on instant speed, but if you if that's the case, then I just I'm yeah. When it says you may you may do X, it uh, it doesn't care about timing restrictions. So you can uh, shoot your opponent's guy and then put a Tarmogoyf into play during the declare attacker step, <laughs> and then or and perhaps then even at the declare blocker step. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, does this make Storm really good now? Uh, I think so. What's the reasoning for that one? So you just like, you're comboing off like normal, right? But now you have two avenues of going off. So you just run one of these and then, you know, you go to like, you you just keep, it's like an, it's like an extra grape shot essentially. We're like, cause it's, I feel like most of the times when you're comboing off with Storm, if you just end up with like all this mana in excess, like, I mean it's it's a fireball in that effect. Yeah, I don't know if Storm really wants a fireball though, because mm. I don't know. Like maybe what? I don't. I'm just, I'm just envisioning the. Oh yeah, so uh, you go to attacks, right? Attack me. Uh, blocker step. Shoot your guy for four. Put a. Shoot guy for six, put a primeval titan into play. God. Ah! It's too late at that point and declare blocks. Because declaring the blocks. Fine, fine, fine. During declare attackers, after attackers have been declared. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Got him. There's a window there. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's a lot of mana for your prime time at instant speed, but you could do it. Especially in the Blood oh, Sun I mean, deck. If people were playing Zakama in their deck, you could play almost anything you want in the <laughs> This also makes Living End a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, there's two uh, two uh, red ways to cheat in Living End now. You have this yeah. and uh, Karizev's expertise. Yeah. So that's cool. And they, they're... The problem is um, this is two mana, so all your Cascade spells hit it. So oh. you kind of have to choose. Yeah. You're either playing Cascade spells or you're playing Electrodominance. Playing both doesn't seem good. You can play one copy. Unless you're the ultimate Luxac well, like and a- cascade into this card and you happen to have your zero mana card in your hand already. Oh, you don't really want to play one. Yeah, I, I, think, bad. Yeah, yeah. I think it becomes a different, like there's a different kind of uh, uh, living end that just becomes a better version of it where you get to play like cantrips and stuff and then electro dominance. So you want to have like... Like, like faithless in, looting? Like, yeah, in this, in this version of the deck, you want living end in your hand when you have electro dominance like instead of wanting it inside of the deck you just want it in your hand that's what mm. changes essentially that's interesting so yeah. it's just a new, it's just a new it's just a different version where you're just like it's we do you even need psych i mean i guess the psychoids are still good because they dig you but yeah you just play this and carries his oh, expertise and just so like you can you can combo you can turn to infinite kill somebody Infinite kill. What do you so mean? you go turn one, faithless looting, pitch, deceiver, Xark, and uh, Kikijiki. Turn <laughs> two, electro dominance. Play living end, Kikijiki. Or yeah, Kikijiki, deceiver, Xark combo. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty magical Christmas land, but I like it. I mean, you're not wrong. It's doable. <laughs> it's doable. Effort. God, that reminds me of like that that in spat shit crazy deck we saw a while ago. It was like living the, end with Kiki. Yeah, like, and it, it was the living and Kiki, with, but it had like grizzle brands yeah. in it and Gorio's <laughs> vengeances. Yeah. That deck was hot. 
<laughs> so you can even Gorilla's back through Kiki Jiki? Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. You can thought see someone in their draw step with this card for three mana. Like shoot yeah. their shoot their elf, thought sees them in their draw step on turn three. The, like the more I think about it, it's just four <laughs> mana four mana living end is is a way to go with this deck. With this card. Well, I just I just meant in general, but yeah. There's all sorts of just like restore balance. Oh. <laughs> yeah, draw step restore balance. Like huh. Mm. There's so much you can do. Yeah. So so basically Wizard just wants us to, to be degenerate assholes i mean it makes fair decks good and opens up some different combo decks a little yeah. bit like i don't know if it fixes the problems that fair decks have but it like definitely is like a hell of a stick to hit other fair decks with that's for sure yeah <laughs> like i guess it's pretty good against tron if your goal is to like thought seize them at instant speed yeah <laughs> i guess maybe not i don't know uh, don't you just want to see tron get balanced end step end step oh. uh at the end of your draw step uh, pay three mana, deal one damage to you. Jund uh, has Vendillion click now. Play, play uh, Thoughtseize? Without the body. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty fucking terrible. Uh, uh, let's see, what else do we have on the list? What else do you guys want to talk about before we uh, we move into our slot of the week? Uh, yeah, I got... I, I'm kind of baffled by this card, honestly, right now. It's, I'm just trying to break it in my head. Oh yeah, there's so many different ways. Yeah. Flavor text also a winner. Basically, we turn a bunch of little lightnings into one big lightning. It's yeah. just st- storm in a nutshell right there. I dig it. That, that reminds me of like the was like Gorilla Titan. <laughs> Want a banana like, this big? I want a banana this big. I, I take little lightnings and make big lightning. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. No, I think I think we're I think I'm set to, to roll into slot of the week here. Okay. Uh, so you wanna? Oh, uh, also, okay. Chris, burn not. bright, really? Burn bright. <laughs> it's trumpet blast. J- just print trumpet blast. <laughs> just, just reprint trumpet blast. I don't need more functional reprints of trumpet blast. But just give me another trumpet blast. It's fine. They're trying to. They're trying to see how many they can print. You could have, you could have one of each in your deck. Exactly. Like, are they just upset because they missed the Boros Guild last set and they didn't have a, a, a and your trumpets is more of a Boros thing and not a, a Gruel thing? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just burn bright. That, I just burn. had to. God, you're I just had to Look how angry she is. Kind of bitch about that a little bit. Uh, anyways, moving on to uh, slot of the week. Um, we've kind of uh, we're kind of playing around with this segment. Uh, we want to change it into a little bit more of a of a conversation topic rather than just you know hot here's, takes here's here's some cards that we're gonna keep saying for for the next year wow chris is still playing amulet <laughs> shocking what cards in amulet amulet of vigor slot of the week again yeah so, so john's we're... playing blue wow <laughs> snapcaster mage what a surprise <laughs> so so we're playing around a little bit with this uh with this segment but um but how about we just we just kick it off with Chris? What what are you excited about, or what are you highlighting this this week? Uh, I want to play some Arclight Phoenixes. So I opened up one from Prize Packs. Where did I get those Prize Packs? Oh, the RPTQ. <clears throat> and I was like, man, I don't know what to do. With all these stupid packs. Like I didn't get they didn't pay out in store credit. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna like salt just random open all these packs <laughs> because I didn't even top eight. No Pro Tour invite, nothing. I'm just gonna open these 
these fucking packs to make me feel self feel better. It's like and the, I opened an arc light phoenix. The stress eating of magic right there. <laughs> and so I was thinking, should I sell the phoenix or should I get three other phoenixes? Because I had basically every other card that was in the deck. So I'm literally just three phoenixes away from the deck. And, you know, one thing led to another, I ended up with three more phoenixes. <laughs> one thing led to another. <laughs> and 75 less dollars in your wallet. <laughs> uh, no, I just uh, no longer have a playset of Copperline Gorges. F. <laughs> oh, sure. Is a way better card than Copperline Gorge. <laughs> um, Copperline Gorge I was using as a proxy, so... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't really miss it all that much. Um... But I actually haven't had the opportunity to play Arclight Phoenix in any sort of event so far. I mean, you did. Well. <laughs> but I didn't play you made it. bad choices instead. <laughs> twice. So I've... Uh, I wouldn't know, but I would say twice. Probably twice. Um, are you saying Arclight is a, a better deck than Amulet? I mean, the meta has. The will of the people. Anyway, go on, go on with what you're saying. So I, I've been like playing the deck a little bit just for like you know for funsies against friends and stuff, and the deck seems sweet. Um, even though sometimes you do draw your entire deck and never find an Arclight Phoenix, but you know that that tends to happen with any magical deck. But uh, yeah, just kind of fig finding the the bizarre quirky lines has been quite fun, like um. Yeah, the kind of it seems a little bit counterintuitive to be playing Arclight Phoenix in a deck with Thing in the Ice because usually these graveyard recursive creatures are really bad against getting bounced to your hand. Um, but you can f flip your Thing in the Ice using a Faithless Looting and then just discard all the Phoenixes that you've bounced to your hand and they just come back during combat again anyway. So it's pretty <laughs> obnoxious. You get to clear all your opponent's creatures away and still have all the phoenixes you already had, if not more. So gross. Um, even, like, lightning axing your own phoenix. I was just gonna say that, yeah. <laughs> to discard another phoenix is also pretty spicy. That's gross. Yeah. Alright. Gets you one, because, one spell closer. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes um, you just don't have any targets for lightning axe otherwise, right? If your opponent's not any creatures, you're not gonna shoot your, you know, thing in the ass that hasn't flipped yet, so... Eh, just put it at a, at a phoenix, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, deck is sweet. Um, I also picked up a Ral is it Viceroy for the sideboard, which is a card I've been meaning to play for a long time, but I just haven't gotten around to playing a blue red deck. I wanted to try it out in the sideboard of Swans, but um, I just haven't gotten around to playing that deck either. I picked up two and got them signed. That surprises me not at all. <laughs> zero, absolutely zero amount. I think the time from me purchasing them to getting ink on them was like less than 10 minutes. <laughs> that sounds about right. Sorry. Yeah, also not, not, not surprised. Not even a little bit. <clears throat> and um, ever since uh, Gataxian Probe was banned, uh. um, I've been looking for an excuse to... Not really, but I now have a, a use for my uh, Metamorphos, <laughs> which have skyrocketed in price. Yeah, jeez. How much are they now? Too much. Um, they're around $20 a piece. Okay, let's move on. That sounds <laughs> stupid. They're almost as expensive as Arc Like Phoenix. That's uh, ab <laughs> actually stupid. All right. Um, Printed twice so is, now? Is, is, Storm, is Storm a budget deck anymore? No. Not $20 a piece. Kidding me? That's insane. Yeah. 
I don't know. Let's Pack a casual eighty dollars under the price yeah, of Doug. Eighty dollars on <laughs> on on Manamorpho? Yeah, alright, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Manamorpho spelt like another one of those cards where either you sell it or you play it, so yeah. Here I am trying to play it. Anyway, what about you, John? I am super hyped about Risk Factor in Legacy. <laughs> um, I've been playing a lot of Blue Red Delver, like we said earlier, and I have been really enamored with this card. And I've been uh, arguing with a lot of people online who think that you should play Bedlam Reveler, and they're wrong. You should play Risk Factor. It's way better against the blue decks. Um, can you can you read risk factor please it is the uh best browbeat ever printed <laughs> it's uh two in a red instant uh it says uh target player uh takes four damage or allows you to draw three cards and it has jumpstart which is the i'm pretty sure it's target up is it target upon otherwise what did I say? you can just target yourself oh sorry and then draw did i say cards? target player sorry yes target opponent sorry target opponent takes four damage or allows you to draw four cards and it has jumpstart which is the is it ability from guild of ravnica which allows you to flash it back from your graveyard by um pitching a card from your hand to your graveyard so that shitty as an additional yes cost. additional cost so you uh it's not just is it no mana yes, yes. Disc- yes, be <laughs> it's not that absurd insane um so you pitch that shitty land you drew pay three mana again on your opponent's end step and they are getting browbeat deciding whether they're going to give you three cards or take four to the dome uh turns out that very frequently when you are casting this card your opponent is at four or less life so they don't actually have a choice at all it's just three mana instant draw three it's pretty good in your which burn to be fair is still the mode that you would rather it not be doing yes and no um in your eight bolt deck draw three cards Win the game. Well, yes, yes, that's fair. Three cards. <laughs> win the game. Why win the game when you could just outvalue your opponent? <laughs> Interesting. But uh, but yeah, card's super sweet. It's super good against the fair decks that are trying to like him to Torak you and Force of Will you and all this garbage. And it doesn't matter that they got it out of your hand because whatever you draw off the top just turns into another risk factor. And so in these top deck wars, just because they, you know, answered the front half, well, they got to answer it again the next draw step. And so wow. in these wars of attrition, it's quite good. It also uh, draws you into gas against some of these decks like elves and death and taxes, where you're just like trying to shoot every single thing they play um, while you're, you know, beating them down with some dudes. So you're like smacking them in the face of a Swiss bear while you're like chain lightning their guy every turn. Uh, eventually they get pretty low and they decide well do i let them draw three more cards or just take the four damage they usually die if they take the four damage so it just kind of fuels you back up so you have what you need to keep them from killing you um card's been super good yeah that sounds great um definitely a big fan i've been enjoying playing some people are playing as many as three main deck i'm only playing two three is uh madness in my opinion it is still a three mana card in your deck that like has a average cmc not including like days and force of will of like one point something yeah. <laughs> like well well south of two um so it's a pretty expensive card but you're a delver deck that's actually playing um 16 lands that 
you know, either make mana or fetch for mana, unlike other double decks, which play Wasteland. So you actually have four more mana sources in your deck, so to speak, than the average Delver deck. So it's much easier for you to get to three mana than a lot of Delver decks. Um, so you can afford to play stuff like Risk Factor. Hmm. Um, so I am really liking the card. It's really improved my fair blue matchups quite a bit. Sounds sweet. Steven, what's, uh, what's your solid week? Uh, so I'm going to take this slide of the week to kind of turn it into like a little conversation highlight point. Um, it was, so the last time I played modern, which is about a week and a half ago, um, I got to play at my local, at one of my local shops and I played against Grixis death shadow and I was playing amulet. Uh, if you are, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I have a pretty tough time with that matchup for whatever reason, Chris, like, has no issues whatsoever, and he's baffled that um, I have issues with it. This is slightly untrue. You see, I've uh, been compiling data of playing online, right? And in 38 leagues of competitive um, MTGOing, mm-hmm. I've played against Death Shadow 10 times. Mm-hmm. I have won three. Oh, okay. That's changed then. Great. I'm glad I'm not an idiot. <laughs> we all are, Stephen. We all are. Um, <sighs> but uh, I ended up losing this this match, but it was uh, probably the most fun I've had playing Magic in a while. Uh, they were three really, really close and tight games. Um, uh, in I think game one was like pretty much like a rollover. Like I got steamrolled pretty quickly. Uh, game two, it came down to like, I had a pact. He had a uh, one grandma gangler and I know that he had, uh, I, I somehow knew that he had a, uh, a team or battle rage in his hand. And I was just, I think I was one life point away from, from being dead. So I, <laughs> I actually still have my, my bad sideboard, uh, and I fetched with my green pact, a, uh, a, a changeling. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ooh. That's a uh, spicy. That's a, a spicy meatball. Though. A little, a little black, uh, a little uh, pro black changeling. <laughs> he protect, but he also <laughs> attack. And my opponent was just like, like he stopped for a second. He was just like, "Whoa, <laughs> that's a that's a great play." I expected you to to grab a titan, and I was gonna and I was gonna kill it. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's why I got this. <laughs> the real great play was having it in your deck to crush him with. Right. And so <laughs> so then he goes, so he has like he has like a handful. He has like three or four cards in his hand. And he goes, all right, untap, draw. He's at, I think he's at like five life. He goes, untap, draw. Plays Serum Visions. Top, top. Taps both of his mana and plays two death shadows he's like good thing i top deck one and serum visioned into another one and there's and i was just like that's literally the the that's literally what you needed i i could win next turn with a titan but you you literally had to draw two grixis death shadows Wait, to live why wasn't he just dead to the changeling attacking and him pumping he had a he had a snapcast snap oh okay yeah. 
Get a snack. Like, wait a sec. No, no, no. Yeah, hold, yeah. Hold I'm, I'm not that like, bad. I'm not Shadow, that bad. isn't that a terrible top deck in this situation? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, wait. Isn't opponent just dead? Oh, okay. No, no, no. He, he had a blocker. It was, it was like, it, it, it was like basically like perfect situation for me to lose. Just like, I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, all right, game three. So game three comes around and I have, I got to the point where I have all my lands on the battlefield and I'm like fetching frantically for something uh, with my, my, my last Tolaria West. And it comes down to like, I'm at one life and he's at two life and I just need anything. I need something off the top of my deck and I draw, uh, <laughs> and I draw a stupid, uh, uh, crap. What's the color? <laughs> Uh, returns returns things uh, artifacts from your graveyard to your hand. Uh, Academy, Academy runes. Academy runes. I draw to get Academy back ballista, runes, and I have a walking ballista in my in in my uh, yeah. So wait, am I talking about this? Is the third game, right? <laughs> yeah. So the first game, I first game I steamrolled. <laughs> Second game, I got screwed over. Third game, I get the walking ballista out, and I'm like. It's been like a week and a half. I'm, I'm even surprised I remember this much. I yeah, get the I'm walk- not one to talk. <laughs> I get the walking ballista, and then I realize that I don't have enough mana to put the walking ballista in my on top of my library, draw a card, and uh, and play it and pop it to kill him. I was like one mana short of doing it, and I was really upset about it. <laughs> Seems that you chose poorly. You know, I was pretty upset that I couldn't kill my Tron opponent on turn three today. Or was it three or two? Turn two. No, it was three. It was three. Uh, I do, I do. however, speaking of that, uh, there was... <laughs> I felt so bad. I felt like the scum lord of the earth. Um, where I got a triple amulet hand. And I, my opponent didn't feel like scooping, so I had to like walk through it. So I go, it goes like turn, I, I I got to the point where it's turn two and I have three amulets on the board or three, three uh, Titans on the board. Huh. And I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get my, uh, like my final, my final trigger, my final search is going to go get my, my haste land. And for my next trick, I'll kill you. And he's like, okay, but you can only <laughs> give one of them haste. And I was like, no. No, I I get that's I've, where you're wrong, I've, kiddo. I have I've, I've three triggers. And he's like, he just looks at me. He's like, yeah, whatever. And he scoops up, and I was like, eh, we, you could have just scooped. I have three titans on the board on turn two. I don't know what, you, what, what you're gonna do. Salt. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that was my poorly described uh, awesome match that I had a couple weeks uh, uh, a week and a half ago. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, that brings us to the to the. <laughs> To the end of our cast. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. Uh, and especially thank you guys for, for coming back after our our long, long hiatus break. Um, if you're wondering where you can find more content, you can always head over to mtgconflicts.com. If you, uh, if you want to support us and join the MTG, MTG Complex community, you can find it at patreon.com forward slash mtgconflicts. Uh, also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under that same name. If you have any suggestions or comments that you'd like us to read, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of those platforms. And again, we really do appreciate you coming back and sticking around, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. Later. Later.